Welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and thanks for joining me today as I seek to inspire, encourage, and accompany you on the journey towards holiness by sharing food for the head, heart, hands, and feet, so we may grow closer to God, become more like Jesus, and through friendship, discover the life God created us for, lives of purpose, peace, and abundance, rooted in the hope that with God's grace and mercy, we can become the living, breathing, wonder-working saints that the world so desperately needs. Hello, and welcome to episode 125. Pretty hard to believe that I have done more than 125 episodes now. Um, but I'm back. Um, it's actually been a couple of weeks. Partially, it's been uh, it's midst of the Easter season right now, uh, for those of you listening in time as I release them. And um, just to be honest, I've been kind of uh, distracted, uh, and especially in my prayer time. I've been really being present and just trying to allow our Lord to uh, give me whatever graces he desires to give me. But it's been one of those times where we're not really, you might say, feeling it. And I have kind of hesitated a little bit about doing a podcast for you all because I always want to share something that is going to help inspire and encourage and accompany you. And then our Lord, in his beautiful way, said, you know, Christina, Sharing your struggles is just as important to help encourage people as giving them something that's going to help them keep going. Because whenever we share our pain, our suffering, our struggles, what happens is is that the load gets a little less. So I'm going to take our Lord's advice and I'm going to be doing my podcast uh, regardless of whether or not I feel that I have something, quote, to offer. So I hope that you do find this episode to be uh, very helpful for you. And I'm focusing upon how can we be living out this Easter season in our day-to-day lives? In a particular way, how can we be an Easter people rather than a depressed, discouraged, um, and, uh, you know, uh, struggling people? Um, I I think we always struggle in the midst of our day-to-day stuff, but we always have that joy and joy doesn't go away. So I hope that, again, I hope that you find this to be of great value and I'll see you on the flip side. Hello everyone, Christina Simmons from Say Yes to Holiness here. And just a gentle reminder that if you're watching this podcast, on YouTube, go and check out the full episode that can be found on whatever your favorite podcast platform is. It could be Spotify or iTunes, or maybe it is Anchor or a number of other platforms that are out there. But I invite you to go and check out the full podcast where you get my introduction as well as you know some resolution suggestions and other things to help you live out what it is that I share with you each and every week in this podcast. So without further ado, our food for the head. And our food for the head comes from 
Mr. Ralph Martin, or Dr. Ralph Martin, who wrote a beautiful book called The Fulfillment of All Desire. And in it, he writes about Francis de Sales. He says, Francis de Sales insists that true devotion must touch every area of our life. True devotion is not just a matter of spiritual practices, but of bringing all our life under the Lordship of Christ. Francis is known for his slogan, Live Jesus, Live Jesus. What he means by this is an invitation to Jesus to live and reign in our hearts forever and ever. In other words, for Francis, to live the devout life is to reach the point in our love for God and neighbor that we eagerly, carefully, frequently, and promptly desire to do his will in all the various ways in which it is communicated to us, in the duties of our state of life, in the objective teaching of God's word in opportunities and occasions presented to us in response to our interior aspirations. So, so much here that we could focus upon, but I kind of want to go back to uh, what I talked about in my intro, which was the fact that it's not just about our spiritual practices, but rather is about us striving to bring every aspect of our life under the Lordship of Christ. And this means our fitness habits. This means our financial habits. This means our friendships. This means, again, our faith and our family. All of it focused upon Jesus as Lord. And this is how we live out an Easter faith. We live out the reality of the joy and the hope of Easter, that we have been created for eternal life. And one of the biggest things that we have to do is that we have to, in order to allow the Easter, the power of the Easter mysteries in particular, to really pour into our lives, is we have to look at what aspect of our life are we saying, no, Lord, you can't go in that door. In other words, Jesus is in our house. He's come to dwell in us along with the Holy Spirit, okay? And we're taking him for a tour, but we maybe we come to a closet or maybe we come to the bathroom or a place that isn't so clean or isn't a place necessarily we want our Lord to come in. Maybe because we're ashamed of it, or maybe it's because we don't want to change. Maybe because we know that if we open that door, Jesus is going to ask us, so is this really what you want to be doing? Or is this really how you want this to be? And that is hard to do. But the power of his love for us, as shown, of course, in his passion and death and resurrection, is the reality that there's nothing that he can't overcome. There's no sinfulness. There's no tendency towards sin. There's nothing that we have done that he can't overcome, that he can't make new. And that's what he was about during his passion and his crucifixion. He was about making the world new so that we could be living in that newness of life, so that we wouldn't be contained and constrained by sin and darkness and death, but rather we could move through it. It could become something that is redemptive for us and for others, and we could be living that life in union with him. 
So one of the first things we have to do is examine our lives. Where is it that I don't want Jesus to go? Where is it that I hope Jesus doesn't go? And it can be a, a whole bunch of different places and things in our lives, but we first have to gain an awareness, right? Discernment, again, it's about awareness, then understanding, and then taking action. And our Lord meets us wherever we are in that process. If we're still coming to an awareness of where it is that we need him, then he'll meet us there and he'll kind of gently nudge us and go, hey, you know, you might want to take a look at this. Or if we're, we have an awareness and we know we probably need our Lord to invite our Lord in and we're trying to understand why is it that I'm not allowing him in? Why is it that I got that door not just closed but firmly padlocked and, you know, and throwing away the key? What is there that we're afraid of? Coming to that understanding and then taking a small little baby step or action. Maybe for that padlock door, maybe what it is is that we just go and we see where the key is. Where, where, where'd the key go? Maybe we just find the key and we say, Lord, please help me find the key. I'm not ready to open the padlock. I'm not ready to open the door, but I'd like to find the key and I'd like you to be along with me and have a conversation about that. So we have to know where we're starting from. And that is our call. Our call is for us to live out God's will in our particular state of life. This is what St. Francis talks to us about. And we have to be striving to live the devout life in such a way that we reach a point in our love, this is from St. Francis de Sales, in our love for God and neighbor, that we eagerly, carefully, frequently, and promptly desire to do God's will in all the ways that God communicates it to us, especially as it comes to us in his word and in the opportunities and occasions presented to us. But first, we got to become aware. We have to assess. So that is where we got to start. Our food for the heart comes from St. Gianna Mola. She says, The stillness of prayer is the most essential condition for fruitful action. Before all else, the disciple must kneel down. One of the most challenging lessons for me in what St. Gianna points out is that we have to kneel down. And it's not necessarily a lesson about humility, being subservient. This isn't necessarily, I mean, humility is a part of that. For us to kneel, we have to be obedient. Um, but the fact is, is that what really struck me about this guidance was that this lesson is about praying before you start to take action. If we want our action to be fruitful, the stillness of prayer is the most essential condition. So again, prayer needs to happen before we are starting to take any action. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've started doing something um, without spending time in stillness and prayer before God. How many days that have gone by in my life where because I was so busy or I convinced myself that I was so busy that I didn't have time, I went and started my day without that time. 
And needless to say, uh, the uh, subsequent train wreck of a day. How many of you out there can say amen? Amen. Um, and it's something that had to keep coming back and learning that lesson over and over again. But St. Gianna tells us something not just, it's not just about prayer and spending time. It's also essential if we want all of those things that we're doing to be truly fruitful. And to be truly fruitful, this means that it's in union with God's will. And in order to know if it's in, in union with his will, we got to stop and ask him, don't we? we got to ask the master builder, is this where you want me to put the stone today? Is this where you want me to pour the concrete? Is this where you want me to raise up supports? Is this where you want me to build a roof? How do you want me to do that, Lord? So we have to begin there in order to try and make our action fruitful. One of the reasons, and this is just my opinion, that I think our efforts to share the good news, um, you know, that we struggle with this is because we have failed to spend time in prayer before we go about trying to share the good news. There is nothing like the power of specificity of name. Now, yeah, we might run across the random person who we'd never met before and we're given uh, an opportunity to bear witness, to give testimony. But the fact is, is more often than not, we know exactly who it is that we are being asked to share our experience of God's love in our lives. We know who these people are, but we need to pray for them by name. And then also we need to be spending time with God, praying about them and ourselves and our relationship with them. We've got to adjust our behavior which is prayer first, then action. And that's where the humility comes in. That's where us being able to kneel down comes in because we have to admit that we aren't the ones who are in charge, especially of another person's salvation or their conversion. This is the Holy Spirit. This is God at work. We are merely his instruments, or as Mother Teresa always used to say, I'm just a pencil in God's hand. So our efforts can and they do help, but only when we are in union with God's will for us. Only then is it going to be fruitful. So we need to admit this to ourselves. We need to admit that God is God and I am not. And then spend that time in stillness of prayer so that our actions can not only bear good fruit, but then also we help contribute to the spreading of the good news in every corner of the vineyard where our Lord has placed us. Our food for the hands comes from St. Maximilian Kolbe. He writes, each conversion and every step on the way to sanctification are the work of grace. And the dispenser of all graces that flow from the most sacred heart of Jesus is none other than his mother, the Immaculata. Thus, the closer a soul gets to her, the more abundantly it can draw on these graces. As a result, our key mission is to bring souls closer to her 
to lead her to the souls. So, so very important what St. Maximilian tells us here. Us being mindful and remembering that every conversion, every step, is all due to grace. Anytime that we grow in holiness, even though my step three that I speak about is we have to strive to grow daily in virtue, even though this is our work, we have to put that work ahead, whether or not we make any progress is due to grace. This is why step two is about receiving frequently the sacraments of Eucharist and reconciliation. And why step one, of course, is spending time in daily prayer and meditation. God's grace is, you can't not do anything without God's grace. It's impossible. So once we start there, once we understand that, then what happens is, is that then we're able to open ourselves up to the best that we can to be able to receive those graces. But here's the key the St. Maximilian tells us. He tells us that the dispenser of all graces, not the source of the graces, but the dispenser of all graces that come from the most sacred heart of Jesus, is Mary, his mother, our mother, the Immaculata. She dispenses the graces. So every time we or someone else gets closer to her, then she's going to more abundantly share those graces because they're trying to draw closer to her so that they draw closer to her son. And as we do this, then we are able to bring other souls closer to Jesus too. So my relationship with Mary has been an integral part, a key component of my growing and deepening in my relationship with Jesus, my Lord and my Savior. It's been key because I have come to learn this very reality that St. Maximilian talks about, that as I have grown closer to Mary, I actually have grown closer to Jesus. And in the same way, when I brought others to Mary, then she takes care of making sure that they receive the graces they need to get closer to Jesus. So it seems to be, well, shoot, aren't you bringing them to Mary? Isn't that, you know, counterproductive instead? No, not at all. Not at all. Because when we remember that Jesus entrusted Mary to John, he also entrusted Mary to us. And because she's our blessed mother, she's the mother of the whole world. And when we share this truth, when we share this reality with others, then they can grow closer to Jesus by coming closer to Mary. So, again, since all conversion and the way to sanctification is the work of grace, we need to turn to the mediatrix of all graces, which is a title that has been given to Mary. We need to come to her. She mediates all the graces that come from the Sacred Heart of Jesus for our good because she is a good mother. And why is she a good mother? Because she's in union with the Father. She's the spiritual spouse of the Holy Spirit. And she's in union with him and knows exactly what it is that we need. 
So come to Mary and you come to Jesus. Our food for the feet comes from St. John of the Cross. He writes, In tribulation, immediately draw near to God with confidence, and you will receive strength, enlightenment, and instruction. I think one of the hardest things uh, for, for all of us, regardless of what time of the year, but particularly during the Easter season, I think it's even harder for us to deal with those tribulations, to deal with those tragedies, to deal with heartbreak. When we run into those, I think we're almost like shocked that in the midst of this joy and this hope and this overflowing of love and grace and peace that we're, we're just like, oh my gosh, there's still evil. Oh my gosh, there's still struggle. Oh my gosh, there, there's still these, these difficulties and my relationships with other people aren't perfect. Yes, all of those things are still present in the world. That division, that distrust, that discouragement is still present in this world. Even though the victory is already won. So sometimes what we'll do is we'll focus upon the fact that these things are still here. So that must mean that the victory isn't won. Well, this goes back to our kind of understanding of time and eternity and linear time. And we look back and we go, well, Jesus did this 2,000 years ago. Why, why is there still you know, bad things happening to good people, to put it in a very succinct way? And the fact is, is that these bad things happening to good people are opportunities for redemption. They're opportunities where God's glory where the glorification of God can be brought about when, when we turn in trust to our Lord, when we abandon ourselves to his will, then what happens is, is that then he's able to glorify, to be glorified and to glorify those whom turn to him. And this is our great challenge. So often I know that I forget that God's not only aware of what's going on in my lives, but he's already working to bring about, to transform the very tragedy or heartbreak that I might be experiencing into good. So how does that happen? Well, that's the, that's the million dollar question, isn't it? I honestly don't have a clue how it happens, but I do know that it does happen. I can attest to this happening in my life more times than I can count. Those you know, disappointments, the uh, not getting a job, the uh, not being chosen for something that I really desire to be a part of, for uh, the uh, being bullied, for being um, you know, excluded, for um, you know, being rejected. All of those sorrows, all of those heartbreaks, all of those difficulties, they brought about good in my life eventually because they made me who I was and this is how God will work is that he'll say to us, you know, like for me, Christina, I love you. Even though my experience 
of others has been, I'm not loved, I'm rejected, I'm chastised, I am criticized, I am teased and bullied. I mean, so all of my experience has been that I'm not loved. But yet, when I finally came to know of God's love for me in a personal way, there was no way that I didn't believe that because he had prepared me through all of the rejection. I know this sounds counterintuitive, but my heart was ready to hear the fullness of the truth of my belovedness because I had not been treated as beloved. Now, my journey is different from everybody's journey. Everyone's journey is, is particular to you. But the fact is, is that God never abandons us. He always is working in every situation, but especially the situations that we do not like, did not choose, cannot change, and don't understand. And what's really, really great about what St. John of the Cross says here is that if we draw near to God, then he will give us strength. He will give us enlightenment as much as we need to get through. And he will give us instruction, again, as much as we need in order to get through what we're going through. But so often we'll get greedy, right? We'll want more strength, more enlightenment, and more instruction than we need in that moment. And again, this is where we have to trust and we have to draw near to our Lord. The biggest question that we have to ask ourselves, I think, is will you? So what might be a few resolutions that you could take from our conversation today? Well, first is do that assessment of your life and determine where is it that you're not letting Jesus be Lord? Where is it that your life as a disciple of Christ and the life that you're living is in alignment, is not in alignment? So do that assessment. Take a look, sit down in prayer and do that. Speaking of prayer, make sure that you are praying each and every day, but particularly make sure that you're praying for any particular person that our Lord has put on your heart to share the good news with. Make sure that you're doing what you can in order to ensure that your actions are as fruitful as possible. And the third one is get to know Our Lady better. Get to know Mary better. Even if you've made your consecration to her, even if you are actively bringing other people to her, get to know her better. Read a book, watch a movie, or just spend time with her uh, in prayer, especially praying the rosary. But in a special way, make sure that you are deepening that relationship as well, because she is the mediatrix of all graces, and she will help you be able to grow closer to God. Hey, Christina Simmons here, and I just wanted to invite you to reach out. We're about midway through 2022, and maybe you're perfectly happy with how everything is going in your life, or maybe you want it to become better, or maybe there's something that you want to finally address. 
could be maybe uh, increasing your ability to grow in your daily habits of prayer and frequenting the sacraments and growing in virtue. Or maybe you want to come up with a plan of life. Both of those are definitely things that I love to work with people and do. Another is discovering more about yourself and discovering your motivations by doing the M-Code assessment. Or maybe you took the M-Code and you want to have some coaching in order to see, okay, I know what my motivations are, but how can I really make this help me? be able to become my best self, become that saint God created me to be. So I invite you to reach out, send an email to me at christinasimmons at gmail.com, or you can go to my website at sayyestoholiness.com, and you can reach out there. You can schedule a time to connect for a very brief call where we can figure out what are the best steps for you to become your best self. Thanks again for spending time with me today. If you have any suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please leave me a voicemail using the link in the podcast show notes. Or you can visit my website at sayyestoholiness.com or send me an email at christinasimmons at gmail.com. I look forward to the opportunity to continue the conversation we've begun here today. In the interim, please know my continued prayers for you and your loved ones especially that each of us may continue to strive to do whatever it takes in order to grow in holiness as we tell the master of death, not today. I look forward to having a conversation with you again soon. God bless.